2: prez um, a writer, a producer, and author. She's a co-writer and co-producer of the short film, The Forever Tree, uh, as well as the book, Share the Dream, Building Noah's Ark, One Prayer Time. She's been a fashion publicist. She's been a correspondent on The Oprah Winfrey Show. She's been on Entertainment Tonight. You name it, she has done it. And most recently, she's now published and produced and marketing the most amazing book in the entire world that every female and male, actually, we all need to read. Um, And I'm just so, so thrilled and excited to discuss We Come As Girls, We Leave As Women. It's an absolute honor to have you on tonight. I'm just so happy. I miss you because I don't get to see you more, but what a great way to reconnect. And with my co-host tonight, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an honor
1: to be here. Morph Mom has really come a long way also in this time. I remember the old days. (laughs) And now you are worldwide. Now anybody, anywhere with a device can listen to all the inspiring guests and words and um, and information that you are just so eloquently researching and sharing with the motherhood community.
2: And I really appreciate being part of that. Again, I appreciate it. Well, I have to do one quick shout out for you. So for those of you new to Morph Mom, um, and, and bear with me for a minute, we, we started this about six years ago, and it was because, and you know this, I had been a prosecutor, I'd stopped have kids, I didn't know what to do, and I thought rather than reinvent the wheel, I would go out and ask women who had done it, who had kind of figured it out, who had figured out how to take the next step, and whatever that step may be, be it work, be it writing, be an entrepreneur, be it going to a nonprofit, profit um, be it handling a tragedy that they may have not seen coming and dealing with it and sharing their stories. And my goal was to share these stories to help these others figure out what to do next. And I'm forever, forever grateful for all of these women who have all these years have shared their stories. And you were one of the very first. And I was like, I came to you. You had no idea who it was. I came to your home and you so graciously, kindly shared your story with the intent only to inspire and help other people and I will never forget it I am forever grateful and for that that's why more fun has grown it's not because of me it's because of women like you who share these stories continue to grow and help other people grow so thank you for that
1: oh thank you thank you it was easy because you made it so easy to talk and to you know and to really go into depth about um, you know the, the process of being a mom and and then having the audacity and I think it's just more audacious than anything to um, hold on to your motherhood and to embrace that and then say, you know what, I think I can also do other things out here. Um, I don't know if it's brave or if it's courageous. I don't know if I could call it those words. I think it's really audacious because motherhood is one hell of a job. So for <laughs> anybody who's able to do both, you know, that and then go out into the world and pursue anything, I don't care if it's making quilts. God bless you. <laughs>
2: yeah, I agree. I think you're right. And I, but I, think, I think the important part about it is not just what we're doing individually, but just supporting one another in sort of this community that says, yeah, you can do it. I can do it. Whatever you're doing, I support it. And I think that it's just fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. And as we get older, too, to see that, you know, maybe when you're younger, and this is not true of everyone, but maybe you're a little more competitive coming out of school or a little bit more, uh, you know, worried about what, what will happen to you. And I think mm-hmm. through the years and experience and motherhood, you become nurturing of others and you realize you want mm-hmm. everyone else to succeed.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> no, you do. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I think that it's, it's infectious. It's, uh, you know, just as much as people say that negative energy, um, you know, sort of has a, has a power to um, go from one person to the next. Positive energy is the same. And for me, it's more that because if I, if I'm, if I'm being inundated or if I'm being introduced or if I'm being faced with negative energy, um, I think I just have been trained as a young person, as a little girl, to try to turn that around and try to spread something positive. And so the books that I write, the, the you know, any of the, the the films that I've been working on, um, the literature that I've created and written, um, you know, any time that I'm, you know, having the opportunity to serve on air, I'm, I'm really just doing it for one reason, and that's just to, brighten somebody's day or to bring out positive shifts in the culture. Anything else, I'm really not interested in doing, like, at all. Even right. if it's going to pay me a billion dollars, I just won't do it, because I just feel like, you, you know, if I had to answer to anything, it's, it's to my integrity uh, meter, And it's hard to sleep at night, I feel.
2: Wow, that's a great <laughs> Yes. And
1: good you know, night. <laughs> <laughs> and we get in with right <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, do so we bottle that up? right? sell it? <laughs> sure. I didn't <laughs> point in, it. That's it really my knowledge. Angelou. That's, <laughs> that's Dr. Maya Angelou. I mean, that's a, that's something that we've heard when you know better, you do better. But I, I, that's hers. But I do think that when people do know that and then they still go back and they still do things that they know better, you know, I just go, okay. You know, my mother... <laughs> My mother used to be the kind of person that never even my both of my the two women who raised me and my mother, and my aunt who raised me, they neither one of them were yellers and they weren't like shamers, if you will. But they would do this high pitched thing with their voice, and they, they would say one word that would just make me feel the worst if I would say, "Well, I still think I should go out because you know, even though there was a okay." <laughs> and that, okay, oh my God! It's like you might as well just scream at me and damn me to hell. I'm like, oh my God, okay. If that's okay, oh my God, please don't say that. Okay,
2: it's the guilt. It's the guilt. It's in that guilt.
1: guilt. Oh. Jesus, don't say it to me. So um, I have had because I've been sort of trained again and groomed to have a strong sense of consciousness for a very long time. Okay. <laughs> Go on out there if you want to. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm turning around. I'm going to bed right now. Okay, I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> like wow. they can get you to do the right thing just by saying that word in that way. So, for it all mothers like out there who I'll haven't it tried it,
0: <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: it's the best, and it, and it has nothing to do with race, creed, or financial background. I mean, it works for everyone. It's definitely. That's right. a, a uh, non-discriminatory phrase, for sure. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and speaking of uh, diversity, I mean, if you wanted to talk about the book, become a Girl Is That, are we going to talk about it I'm going to back up. I'm going to be quiet and let you ask me the questions, because I'm going to go so for a question, too. Because <laughs> I'm on the phone with Kathleen, like, so, Kathleen. Kathleen. <laughs> I forgot we're like. We're like businessy at this moment, so let me just say businessy and just sit back. I haven't had a question mark in front of my name yet, so let me wait.
2: <laughs> okay. So, actually, first of all, it is, that is the best part of this, and the best part about Morph Mom is, and this radio show, that's what this is about. Like, if somebody listening feels like they're sitting with a friend, having a conversation, that's what this should be, and that's what motivates it's you to do things, right? It supports you, and it's real. It's so, true. It's true. You were just saying, I will bring us back to the book because I'm so incredibly proud and I just, I'm so excited about this book. It's a beautifully written book. It's just, the words are just gorgeous. It's amazing. And Elizabeth has been looking at quotes as we're sitting here just <laughs> like, like, this is amazing and this is amazing. But you just said something that actually was a great segue into the book when you said, mm. okay. So okay was the way that things were going to be handled and you were going to respond accordingly. And Mm -hmm. let's talk about, and and we met many, many years ago, an author then and now an author to this day. Um, Tell me about when you sat down to write, We Come as Girls, We Leave as Women. When You you knew the theme and you knew the the subject matter, but it's about women, I guess girls sort of maturing into women and how they respond to certain situations and they got to get to graduation, and to get there, what they're going to overcome and how you become a community to support one another. But you just said that word, okay, and how that would make mm-hmm. you feel and how that would make you sort of react to a situation. And, and you know, how what, what would you do in a situation? How would you react? Did that ever come into play when creating these characters and when you were thinking, how will they react to a situation? Will they go forward? Will they turn around and not do it because of something? Well, yes, I mean,
1: I, um, you, you know, these these girls, as I mentioned in my, uh, in the introduction, that they just all came alive in the most interesting ways. And, uh, you know, when you're doing character development, whether it's for a screenplay or whether it's for a film, you definitely, definitely, definitely want to make sure that you're staying true to the character. And so, you know, the, char- what, you know, the, the lead character, the heroine of it is called, her name is called Sagradio. And, uh, she, you know, you have to get into personality of mind and her family and where she's coming from. And would she make this decision at this moment? You want to stay consistent with her personality. Um, and you know, she's a real person. So even if in the beginning of the book, she seemed to be, um, making all the right choices and right decisions, just like anybody else who's living and breathing, you know, you make mistakes and, but it still has to be. In accordance to your personality, you don't want to seem like, well, this is something that's really out of character for her. Because you put all those personalities together, and they're making various decisions for their lives, and they're all making various authentic, very true to their character um, choices for themselves as they're growing up and maturing to be young women. That is what makes for a story that's not only believable, but it's relatable. And then the young people who read it can then say, wow, this feels like me. Um, wow, I think I did yeah. something similar. So it, it, it touches the young girls that way. And then for women who are in our age group, it's the book that I wish was written when I was 17. That's mm. why I wrote it. As, yeah. You know, Tony Morrison, famously said, if there's a book that you want, that you don't, that you don't see that you want to read, then write it. And so that's <laughs> why I felt strong enough to do it. And after having, you know, done a lot of, I guess, lighting and tearing things up, and then I had the nerve to actually put, put my energy into something that's long for him. But then you have their moms who read it, and then they say, you know, I wonder if my daughter, or if you're just a guardian, if you're guardian of someone who's not your daughter, maybe it's your niece, or maybe it's someone that you're raising, you know, I wonder if this young lady has gone through this. And the book has been used as a tool for conversation and discussion. It has, uh, sh- you know, lately, um, it's- everything that I've asked to happen with the book in terms of the response from the public is happening one we at a time, and uh, that's all I expect, and that's all what I hope for, if you were. I did not have any expectations. Anytime someone says they've read your words, it's like one more notch on the honor button for yourself as, a, as an author because time is limited, and people don't have it. So if they say, I wrote your book, it's just, I'm always like my hand is cupping over my mouth.
0: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> You finished because you, you, did, you know, you actually read my book. You know, I'm still, it, it never gets old. Um, and so these conversations are happening amongst teenagers. These conversations are happening amongst mothers with their daughters or aunts with their nieces. You know, these conversations are happening amongst women and women. And just, it's a reminder. The book for a person in our age group, it's a reminder that we don't have to go as hard as the bone, you know. Just take it one step at a time. And, and the mm-hmm. whole purpose of writing the book is to impart upon, uh, you know, anybody, whether you're a teen or you're a young woman or a seasoned, slightly more seasoned woman, <laughs> um, just take, you know, it's one step at a time. Because womanhood is not as difficult as we are making it to be in the media. Um, it doesn't have a great deal, in my opinion, to do be, you know, with being oh, I'm so strong, I'm so brave. You know, you got these teenage girls who are like, I don't know how to be courageous. That That's overwhelming for some 14-year-old girls to be told, be brave, you know, be a strong warrior. You're like, oh, my God, what the hell is that? You know, I'm just trying to get through, you know, home economics or whatever, and you're like telling me to be, you know. Um, and some, some young girls feel like, you know, do I need to take a class to learn how to be strong and then before I can even apply my strength? Like, what does that mean? And some girls feel like they'll never get there. But so therefore, they feel like they'll never be a woman if they can't acquire these courageous skills, these t-shirts and these mugs and these hats, these braids, all these big affirmations, I'm a woman, hear work. It really is just about the micro and not always the macro. One foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. I know that you all could feel for yourselves in your very complicated lives, you know. As long as I, as long as I can get it to 5 o'clock today. Just doesn't get to 5 o'clock. Yeah. And between now and 5 o'clock, I've got all these little things to do. And so you just do every little thing, and then before you know it, you at 5 o'clock, and then you feel like you've accomplished something. But if you started off your week saying, I need to get to Friday, and it's Sunday, you know, that may be a little daunting when you think about it, just one mm. step at a time, one step at a time. And you'll still get to Friday, and you probably won't have heart, pal- heart palpitations <laughs> throughout the process, because you just... Focusing on the micro and not always the macro. You have your vision. I want teenage girls. My goal is, my hope is for teenage girls to have a vision, but to really realize that it's about the journey. And that's you know you know that phrase, learning that destination. But it's true. But I say it differently. I just say, how about focusing on the micro and not always the macro? You know, it's
2: such an interesting thing what you just said. And as you know, you know, I have a daughter who's 22. And I'm one of all the four sisters. And what you just said, and I don't think I've ever actually thought about it that way. You know, you have to live to the, you know, you're strong, you're this, you're that. you're just trying to figure out who you are. And how can you live up to somebody else's expectations if you don't even know what that, you know, it's so interesting. I've never thought about it that way. But you're right. You're such pressure put upon you immediately at a young age to be strong and you don't even know what that is. Yeah, and we do it to ourselves
1: as adults. So as teenagers, we're trained to do it because people around us are doing it to us. But as adults, we're doing it to ourselves because we've been trained. But you can you can totally unlearn that. I mean, I have, like, I don't want to have all these heart palpitations. And I I don't mean, like, I'm always on the verge of having a heart attack, but anxiety is a real thing. And you don't want to go through your life. You only get one shot. You know, why would you want to always be panicked? at every given moment because you just feel like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And oh, my God, oh, my God isn't only what 14- and 15-year-old girls and 17 year old are feeling. Our friends and even me, um, 40-something-year-old women who are, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I have to remind myself, my, micro, micro, calm down. Just, just deal with what's at hand, what's in front of you. We know that you have to, you know, accomplish this by the end of the month. We get that, but you can't get there if you're on a stretcher because you know <laughs> you're like freaking out about every little thing. Just calm it down, even the even the big things that come in front of you. So um, that's basically what the what the book is about. I was going to say movie too, or not really.
2: Um, <laughs> Maybe
1: hold on. I, I, who knows? It, I, just, I just I just I just blurted it out. But um, you know it. it <laughs> um, but I, I I just feel that if we just kind of calmed it down a little bit and just. Uh, uh, dealt with what was in front of us, like be a little bit more, and that just has to do with being present, you know.
2: Um, so, when you so sat down, all, you know, when you sat down to write the book, and hmm. we talked about it many, many years ago, was it? And I know that you, you know, having gone through Miss borders and having gone through with, like similar situations with, but was it about writing? Was it about writing about a situation you knew about? Or was it writing about sort of a, a topic or theme that fit into that location, like when you were saying about women, girls being strong and having to fit into this stereotype of you're strong and you're brave and you're this? Or was it your own experiences having gone through Borders and gone through that and seeing that that's kind of what happens to women as they age or as they grow and develop in that school setting?
1: Um, you know, I think it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a uh... You know, it's almost a coincidence or it's irony that the book is set in a boarding school. I really wanted to encompass various cultures. I mean, I started with that first, you know. Um, I wanted to find a way to bring all these different personalities, ethnicities, financial backgrounds, um, cultures in one place. And the best place to do it is, is a boarding school because that's really the best way to just justify 17-year-old girls living under one sort of umbrella, you know what I mean? And then they're all going through all these various experiences. The fact that I did attend a boarding school was good for me. My husband was like, you know, he actually made that suggestion. Maybe you put them there because you know it so well. And I said, oh, that's so true. You know, I put it in that space, um, and it it flows better because they're actually interacting on a daily basis anyway because they're sharing classes and things like that. But when you're in a boarding school setting, from personal experience, you are focusing on most of the time these private schools, these you know uh, college preparatory environments are, are pretty high paced. It's very rigorous academically. Yet, as you matriculate into your growth of your you know your your growing up as a person, you pretty much learn the lay of the land um, on certain respects. Like you kind of have a clue of how to study. You've learned how to you yeah. know, sort of handle the academic space of the school. But now you're focusing on you as a person. So it's not like the academics give the background, but you understand how to do that. But now now you can focus on you. And so these girls really are, it's less about school, although school is definitely there because they're obviously trying to get into college. It's a very important year. Yet they are really going through things that they are young women and trying to figure out. And, you know, there are topics that I specifically chose that don't have very much to do with what we see in the mainstream. There's nothing about bullies. There's nothing about yeah. drugs. There's nothing about, you know, sort of obsession with boys. Although there are boys there, but there's no, like, sort of obsession, you know, with them as it's states um, in the mainstream media. Um, and there's no girls who are focusing on, I don't have the right shoes. I don't have the right dress. You know, those aren't the topics either because that, to me, is so done. It's so overly yeah. done. What about what's going on with girls and their relationships with their dad when they turn 17? What do you talk about about sexuality? And, you know, how do I feel as my body's changing? You know, just those type of topics that they're rarely making the covers of Teen Vogue um, or, the you know, the I don't know if there's a Young Cosmopolitan or whatever the Teen Beats, you know, you don't really see those on the cover. I wanted to explore those issues and how do you relate to your friends? And, you know, you've got these deep-seated situations and the people who are supposedly the closest to you because they irked you or because they've been there since you were born, you're keeping all your stuff to yourself. You're not telling them anything. And why is that, you know? I wanted to talk about those things and get that on paper and start yeah. discussions like that. And the fact uh, that, that you sh- the and the fact that you chose a Latin girl to be the main character—I bet that also incorporated more issues that you could have addressed. Uh, now, yeah, you know, yeah. Why do you say? Why do you think? I no, I'm just saying that you chose a Latin girl. Uh, so it it basically gave you more parameters to touch on different issues that
2: had you chosen a white girl, it would not necessarily have worked. Well, and I think what well, you're saying is sort of it allowed for more, you opened up the diverse, right? And you could or you can then touch upon many issues, exactly. many, many issues without being restricted, I would say. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a, yeah absolutely, I mean, you're absolutely right. Say
1: what you chose the boarding school because of the umbrella of all the different cultures and personalities and financial backgrounds existed. I mean, that worked. Yeah, works. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And the truth is, you know, when you read about a prep school, all the books that have been written about prep school, there's usually a big component of race. If it's written by black yes. authors. And I'm black, so people expect for it to be this sort of like, what does it mean to go to school with a bunch of white girls? And I'm black. Oh, my God. And then you just read the book and you're like, holy cow, like that's not even at all. Right. <laughs> and you're like, you thought about that at all. Because that was not my experience. You know, I definitely had moments where we talked about race. Race is part of the experience because we are not colorblind. For everyone who says, I don't see color, I just go, okie dokie. I love you driving in the streets. And if you uh, run the lights or do you run the sign, okay. because to me... I would hope you understood red and green and yellow. Um, So anyway, the whole colorblind thing doesn't work for me. Um, But at the same time, you would think that because I'm black, that would be my perspective. But I actually, the book is actually representative in a big way how, how these prep schools are set up. You know, you have a very small percentage of people of color. The majority of the students are not of color. And that's the setting. But it wasn't about let's focus on these things that make us different. It's about focusing on the things that keep us similar and and where we can sort of um, build on empathy. You know what I mean? And, again, me being black and then choosing Latina for the heroine is also very interesting because you would think that I would have chosen the black girl for the heroine because, oh, my gosh, I should know more about her perspective. But, no, I mean, I think that if if you do your due diligence and you do your best to write authentically about someone who is not like you, if you're you're doing what you can to make sure you're telling that story with truth and with honor, I don't see that it's wrong. I think that everybody gets up in arms about other people telling different culture stories because it's unfair when the culture itself is unable to tell those authentic stories also. Um, But I do think that I have given uh, Sagrario, you know, that there's not a person who has read the book who doesn't find her incredible and, um, but in real life, people may bypass her because of where she comes from and because of something. being a yeah,
0: In right. my
1: story, she is the hero. And she, right. you know, She's the hero. Um, and the white girls are, you know, they have their own levels of heroism within them too, but it's not a typical, you know, the white girl is the winner. You know what I mean? Right. It, they're all right. winners, but it's not like that. You know, it's just an interesting take on um, a boarding to experience.
2: But, and I would think in the diversity of it all that that's exactly your point is that all these girls, no matter where you come from or who you come from or what you come from, you're you're supposed to be aspiring to, as you said, this higher goal of strength and being brave. And they're all going through the everyday, like today's problem. Everybody's going through mm-hmm. the same thing this minute, this time. It just mm-hmm. may be a different way they're going about it or going through it, but they're all experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Prashanda, um, what are some of the uh, teenage issues that you address in the book?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What are some of the teenage issues that you address in your book? Some so you ones. want to give spoilers? Uh, okay. Well, there is um, <laughs> no
2: no no no, 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 no. How <laughs> about a teaser? <exactly>. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, um, you don't want to spoil the thing. But okay, so I did mention there's a girl who is having trouble with her dad. Um, You would be surprised that so many, you know, if there are family dynamics where there is no son and Mm -hmm. the dad has to focus on the oldest daughter as being the chip off the old block, there's expectations that he may have of her or a life that he thinks he sees for her. Or if you have a traditional dad and you think the dad says, my daughter is going to grow up and she's going to marry the guy who's going to creep off her feet. And she's like, what? She doesn't have any idea what you're talking about. Because he really wants to walk her down the aisle, and he really wants those, you know, so there's those. That's, there, there's that dynamic. The you don't family, have that. the parental. <laughs> no details. But that's crazy, no, I, I, talk that's, talk that's awesome. very generic, because you have no idea what I'm talking about. That is so generic. You would still <laughs> you know, be twice to five. <laughs> I know. Believe like,
2: me. I'm the oldest of four girls, <laughs> and <laughs> the oldest of four kids, and only uh-huh. And my dad had expectations. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So you don't know what those expectations are in this book, but you know that that dynamic is there. That's right. So, yeah. So then there is one that, you know, uh, how do I feel, you know, developing in my own skin? Yeah. You know, my breasts are growing. What does that mean? And what does that mean? You know what I mean? Um, You know, there's the whole uh, just career choices. And does the family agree to the things that you want to do in your life? How yeah. about that? <laughs> um, and fighting against, you know, those dynamics. And, you know, and, and, and you know, naturally, uh, the girls who don't have a great deal of communication with their parents and make a lot of choices on their own and then where that can lead them when they don't have the guidance. You know, and it doesn't just mean, it. it, it you know, people think that that happens for girls or children who are poor. The parents aren't giving them guidance. And you'd be surprised at how many children, young girls, and young boys even who are, of, who are of means who absolutely are not guided at all, who've stopped being given guidance, when they're like yeah. 10, and now they're just on their own because they have all this financial availability. And the parents are like, you know, or there's a nanny that doesn't guide. They just kind That's of right. make sure that nobody kills themselves or hurts themselves, but they're not giving them guidance. So what does that look like? So those are some of the dynamics. And none of those topics you'll probably hear or read about anywhere because it's not, you know, you can't really market that stuff. You know, you can't put a dollar sign behind supporting those topics. I feel like the messages that are in this book are, it it creates a bit of a conundrum because outside of me, the become becomes girls, You leave us in T-shirts and mugs and hats there's not a whole lot of industry that can come behind it because I'm not trying to sell the once. I'm not trying to sell girls anything except for reminding them that A, they are enough and B, micro sometimes. It's micro. That's not Mm -hmm. anything that you can really sell because you can sell, you know, the girls who are insecure about how they look. Oh, there's an answer for that. It's called, you know, um, and, and beauty companies definitely know how to appeal to those moments in girls' lives when they don't feel like they're, Let's try this color. This will totally change your whole day. <laughs> you, right. can um, you can put money behind that. You can put money behind it both because I feel like I I'm I shaped that. So there's a bunch of products out there that'll totally help you shift that and it'll make you feel that feel good about yourself all while you're covered up. And then when you take it all off, you're feeling sad again. I don't I don't really have anything to monetize outside of this energy
2: and a book. But I think that's the beauty of it is that. And again, we're speaking with the amazing, unbelievable inspirational author, who's Perez, who's just come out with We Love as Women. I mean, we came as girls, we leave as women. And anyone who has a question, please, you can type in to Elizabeth at MorphMom.com, and we can ask questions to this amazing, inspirational woman, author, friend, and I'm proud to say friend. But I'm even more proud to say friend because it's something you just said. You're not in this to sell anything. You're not doing this to sell anything to anybody. You're doing it to... to a book. Pass i got a book to sell. Message. <laughs> well, a book to sell, yes, but that's not you. And, like, yes, buy this book because exactly that reason. You're not there. You're, well, you're, you're helping so many people with this idea and with, with what you're sharing. It's not about the marketing part of what comes out of this. It's about the helping, the inspirational, the motivational part to girls who have to become women. And it's really hard today to do this. It's really, really hard to navigate what you're supposed to do on a day to day, much less week. Uh, I love being of the book,
1: but sometimes I feel like it was like self empowerment begins with self acceptance. Mm. Would you agree? Yeah. Or yeah, absolutely. When you when you like yourself, you can do anything. Absolutely. And uh I think that's a fair assessment of the book. That was from the praise in the back, yes, Paula Wallace. Wrote yeah, wrote that yeah. in the back of the book. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a fair assessment because that's really the truth. I mean, it, you just think about it, and it just sounds so mundane, but just think about like your own life again, and you think how you know Kathleen said how difficult it feels, you know, to be a woman or to turn to grow up into a woman in these days. But it's because of being inundated. And when you're overwhelmed, everything feels overwhelming. And it feels impossible. But again, it's like with my own children. My daughter will come in and she'll say, oh, my God, oh, my God, whatever the case may be. And then I'll say, okay, let's take 10. So we take mm-hmm. 10 and she's like bleeding it out. And I go, so what needs to happen in this moment? So I just really just it was like I finished my last five questions. Okay, let's do that. And I literally walk through, and before you're, she's done, and the thing that she was speaking out about, that's like maybe five steps later, but we're doing it step by step. When she gets to that fifth step, oh, my God, it's done. Exactly. But just an hour ago, you were like speaking out about it because you felt so overwhelmed.
2: Right. You know,
1: it's, I'm not even teaching anything that's new under the sun, but I, I probably am saying it in a way that's easier to take in because I'm not a, like a spiritual professional, you know, I'm not a yogi. I'm not like a psychologist who can back it up with all this um, sort of data and research. I'm just a woman who goes through life every day and can tell you what has worked and kind of what hasn't worked and sharing that kind of what works and what hasn't worked with various women of of different, various women of different backgrounds, et cetera. We're all in agreement. We're all like, Oh, in real life, that's Next next week, and I'm you're sort of like, you know, over, you know, feel like I'm in over my head about it, um, but if I just take a minute and focus on what needs to happen for this part of the meeting, and then go back and focus on what happens for this part of the meeting, by the time the actual meeting happens, I'm okay, because A, I'm prepared, and B, I didn't just take it all in at once.
2: I mean, you can't eat an
1: entire ice cream cone at one time. <laughs> You'll choke. And you'll be cold (laughs) as hell in yourself. You'll be like, oh my God, I'm choking and I'm breathing at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So you like kind of want to lick the thing and kind of like take your time with it. And then you're equally as excited when you get to the end. But imagine just being like, I'm just going to gobble this whole cold block of like good. (laughs) That's a lot. Now,
2: do you think, now with, with all of us here today, growing up, social media was not an issue. But, you know, nowadays, become a girl to woman you're watching it on social media 24 hours a day. So do you think, mm-hmm. that, how do you think that
1: plays into this? Uh, That's a tough one because um, I'm, you know, I actually am not there yet. And in the book with my own kids, you know what I mean? I can speak from my perspective as, yeah. as, an, as a full adult, but I'm not there yet dealing with my own kids. Um I, I don't put social media in the book because it's challenging to really tell a story. of empathy um, with the girl in the middle of the conversation. Hold on one second. Let me just post this on Facebook. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be like <laughs> engaged in each other's story. Oh, my God. What you just said was like amazing. Let me just take a screenshot and put it on my Snapchat. Like, no, you're not going to cry. No one has an opportunity because you're just interrupting <laughs> each other with like, how are you going to post? So I do give the girls a mobile phone. You know what I mean? Um, and, I, and, and just because that's like, you know, a mobile phone is a mobile phone and they're not allowed to use it, says the rules of the school. Um, you, you know, I think that for me as a, you know, you, I have helped myself because we're not exempt from getting caught up and believing that the woman's story on IG where her parent, her family takes all the right vacations and she always looks the best in every bikini, and she, like, has 15 children, yet she looks like she has had no stretch marks ever. You know, you kind of, especially if you're reading that on a late night, and you're like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Um, You probably, um, (laughs) we've all been there, like, what? That's not possible. And then everything is Photoshopped. I don't even know how to Photoshop, really. Um, But I think that when you, if you just, you know, there's a, young, there's a phrase that the young people say, it's called being woke. Like, have you guys heard of that?
2: Um, and it? I think it's
1: Be woke. being woke. W-O-K-E. Be woke. Wokeness, Be woke. wokeness. and Staying woke. Like it's really being awake, but they're playing, so they say woke. Um,
2: <laughs> you know,
1: I think it's like a play on being conscious, right? Yeah. So if you're yeah. staying conscious and you're watching this woman's amazing portrayal of every best, you know, nothing's wrong in her life. <laughs> her yeah. Instagram page. Um, you realize you have to know that that's not true. So if you, can, if you can actually stay conscious of knowing that nobody's life is that way, you can actually appreciate her post and just let it be for what it is. Yeah. But if you become disillusioned and you begin to think that maybe somebody, some people do have these perfect, you know, these lives of perfection, that's just not possible. You know what I mean? Unless they're like, I don't, I don't I'm like, there is no, unless this is not possible. You know, if you really think about it, Everybody has something, and while you think the person may have all the best situation because they may be flying in private jets, and you're like loading your whole family on row thirty-nine uh, of a thirty of a forty-seat flight, seats, and you're on row thirty-nine. <laughs> you don't even have the window because it's like the worst ever. And then the kid in front of you is crying, and you're like you have to fly seventeen hours. You know, oh that's
2: your life. <laughs> that's that's life. your life. <laughs> Thank God he's going to like, off on me Like that. Oh, my God. But, you know,
1: that person on The Private Dead has those moments, too. It just doesn't look like yours. Absolutely. It may be different. <laughs> yeah. It's harder so, to tell teenagers that stuff, but it's true. I
2: love the title of your book. I do, too. Fantastic. Love it. Thank so you. So, when let me ask you this. When you're writing the book, is there a moment when it gets hard and you're in the middle of, you know, you're like, how am I going to get through this? Oh my gosh. Like it's never going to happen. What am I going to do? Was there a moment or a thought or a character's reaction or something that you were like, this is it. This is why I'm doing it. And I'm not going to stop. That so motivated you. That so inspired you that you knew this was the right thing to do.
1: Yeah. Because the story wouldn't stop in my head, you know, um, I, by nature, pretty much am a finisher. You know, I like to run races, and I like to get to the end, even if I'm, like, on a stretcher at the end. <laughs> um, but I, I like to. I want to get to the end. I'm a big – I'm a, I'm all about finishing. Um, the story just wouldn't end, and, and, uh, and, and they just got richer and richer. You know what I mean? And then I began to realize that, wow, this could actually resonate with somebody because it was resonating with me. You know, it's like – Everybody I know who has their first, their debut album, you know, typically does really well with it because they're putting all of their heart and soul and blah, blah, blah. And they always say, in hindsight, when they do really well and they win all the Grammys and blah, 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 um, I wrote this because it felt good to me. It felt good to me first. And then eventually you get caught up in the system and then you're trying, you're trying to appeal to people. But if you're, if you, at first, you know, then there are people who just yeah. never go that route and always are great. You know, Sade is an artist, I feel like, who always kind of sticks to what feels good to her. People, no matter if she comes out 20 years later, we're always like, we're here for you. Right. Um, with literature, I think it's the same. And so the story was resonating to me. And I, because of that, I feel like that's why people are responding back saying it felt something to me. It, it, it wasn't contrived. You know, there are days where I couldn't write because I didn't feel anything, so I didn't. then there were days where I had to, you know, haul myself in a closet and write for hours and just beg everybody to leave me alone until I got it out of my system for that day, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Actually,
2: that's a good question for for people out there listening today who have this idea and have this, like, I've got to do it, I've got this idea, this is my baby, I've got to write it. Any suggestions or advice you could give to them? Any aspiring authors out there who just need to write? Because it's very intimidating. Yeah. The whole concept and process of writing is, is, yeah. scary. Yeah. Just start
1: writing, you know, and, and don't throw it in the garbage for Christ. I mean, you know, I don't want to get all religiousified but for goodness sake, um, <laughs> you know, don't, um, <laughs> don't throw it away. It may be crappy. I've written hundreds of pages of crappy pages that I would mm-hmm. never share with anybody, but I wrote them because you just get mm-hmm. yourself used to doing it. And eventually you end up writing a sentence that you actually do like after writing hundreds of sentences that you don't like. But if you, if you're the kind of person that starts to write a sentence and it's like the sentence is, I want to walk across the street. I can't write it like that. I got to write, so I intend to walk across the street." before you know it, you just never even finishing the sentence because you just need the sentence to be a right. Just write the sentence. That's my best advice to everybody who have asked me in the past, everyone who has asked me, you know, how do you do it? I go just put it on the page. You may not even like it, but just no, give it, what, just yeah. do it, and then eventually you'll have all this stuff that you've written and you'll sift through it and you'll pull out, you'll extract right. things that you do like, but you want to have something from which to pull. If you don't ever feel like what you're going to write down is good enough, you'll never have anything to extract. That
2: is great advice. <laughs> well, and, that, and that actually applies to all
1: aspects of life, right. if you think about it. I mean, it's well, making me out to be this, like, that's spiritual. <laughs> I love you guys. You, you're wonderful. I feel so dude. like I should be sitting ah, on the are. summit of a mountain. <laughs> I'm like, go, oh, wow! Do it. I
2: mean, it's that tiny little thing. Um, just do it. Right? Just perfection can be an obstacle, right? If you put perfection there, that's true. That can be the reason you never start. It's not perfect. It's not right. It's not the best. Yep. I can't do it. Yep. It's just. It's just. It's, it's
1: just no, scary. It is. And you know something? I've gone to a couple of seminars about women, and it's so interesting because, um, one, my dear friend Banu had taken me to one, and, um, we were sitting in this room, and these women, this, these women were giving all these presentations. One who said, Did you know that women need to be 100% knowledgeable about something? This is sort of like a studies have shown thing, right? Women need to be 100% knowledgeable before they open their mouth and talk about it. A man, <laughs> oh, on the other hand, you uh... need to know. They, a man only needs to know 60% and he doesn't care if he's wrong. Oh he's God. wrong. If you know only knows 60% and he's like, "Well, uh, you're asking me with 4 for 4? I'm going to give a I'm going to give a gift at 4.5." And you're like, "What?" And he's like, "Am I wrong?" And he's he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, let me give it another try." The woman is like, "I cannot get it until I have it 100%." right. otherwise I'm just not going to say anything because I have to be perfect.
0: Oh, no. So, so
1: many of us won't try. Women, just we just won't try. And these are like statistics that I have not taken. I'm sure that if you Google the whole 60% one, and somebody's documented it somewhere. But it was interesting I go, really? But because I was raised in a boarding school with girls and we weren't taught, you know, some people think that it's all about holding a teacup and it's all like finishing right. school and it's not. Miss Porter's where I went, it's not like that at all. Um, we were really competitive with all the schools. We wanted to be the best boarding school, not the best world boarding school. Right. So right. very competitive with the boys, et cetera. So I have a boys mentality about life. I don't feel like I've got to be right. I'm okay with falling and, you know, saying what's two plus two is 4.5. Oh, okay, well, I'm wrong. Well, you know, so what? I can figure it out again. Like, I don't feel like that. And I think that if we as a society stop, and it starts at home, we stop making the girls feel like they have to be ideal, then they will take more chances because it's okay to fail. In fact, failure is like the best
2: teacher. You get up and you do it again. You know, cool. Which is, I think, the most important message you could teach to anybody. Right? Yeah. Or, like, just to know that it's sad that it's innate in and not in us. And I wish yeah. it was. I, I, but yeah. when you were writing your characters in the girls in the book, was that something you were conscious of or conscientious of? In empowering them with that, or or did you not give all of the characters that empowered sense of it's okay to fail? Um,
1: I don't think I, you know, it's not a contrived story. The girls really just, it sounds very like strange, but they really just took on their own lives, and uh, I just wrote what I felt like they would do, and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they were, sometimes they made the really, you know, this empowering statement or they did this thing that was empowering. And sometimes they did something that they fell flat on their behind and had to be a little embarrassed. Um, yeah. But, you know, at the close of the story, you know, um, we want girls to come to some type of resolve, even if it's not the, the result that they thought they deserved or, or wanted. I mean, it's just like the Little Miss Sunshine story, which one of my favorite films. She doesn't win the contest oh, at bad. all. But what she learned was, like, priceless.
2: Right, you know? not just, so it's not and, always
1: about the ideal situation.
2: It's funny saying that. It's one of my favorite movies in the entire world. When the whole family gets oh up and dances with her at the end, mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm. right? And she just and it, I think it was it's everybody. Better than the learned. trophy. Right? Yeah, it's every single person. It's
1: better than the trophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah everybody
2: learns. Yep. Yeah. Which is why yeah. this book that you your new your new book is so invaluable to everybody because I think everybody learns. It's not just that one students. It's right, right. the group, it's the class, it's the school, it's the parents, it's the family, mm-hmm. how it's mm-hmm. all, you know, it, it's contagious. And it, it goes to everybody. And that's why we're so grateful as and that you, you gave this gift to all of us. So, And you have two daughters. And did you discuss this along the way with them? Or was there anything that any input that they gave you or any observations you've made of them that helped you to develop any of the characters?
1: No, cause they're not there yet. I mean, they're part of my acknowledgement, um, on there, and I talk about to them just trying to make it plain and give it straight no chaser, which is how I rate them. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not gonna always be ideal, but you just gotta keep going. You just gotta keep going. And, you know, um my littlest one, when she was really little, um, and like a pre-, uh, pre-kindergarten, of, what are those like level, like a pre-, I think it's pre-k? Um, she really wore my heart because, um and I said, wow, it's like poor moms, you're giving something across to this child and she's just little. You know, they asked the children in the class, what did they learn from their moms? And what the mothers said, what was the biggest thing they learned from their mom? And they had a little video, and then one kid said, my mom told me to always wash my hands, and, you know, it was really cute. And then <laughs> my daughter said, you know, my mom told me to never give up.
2: Oh, <laughs> you wow. Know?
1: And, that, and I'm like, you're, you're like, please? And you're like...
2: I'm not don't
1: you, never give up. You know, like, oh you know what I mean? Um, but it's true. You know, just don't give up. And it's not going to be ideal, but you just don't. If you don't, if you give up, you'll just never know. And that's what these girls learn. And, and, and you celebrate the getting up part. You don't celebrate winning on the first thing because that's like, it happens. And that's those moments you're like, oh my God, score, first shot, first try, I aced it. But the truth is, you may have to go through some things a couple of times in life before you get yeah. to that moment of success. That's kind of realistic. You know what I mean? So whether it's, you know, acing a spelling bee the first time and the next time you have to go or a race or whatever it is, physical activity or you know, academic, or even making friends, you know what I mean? You may feel like, yeah. God, I've made this new friend the first day of school. And then you go to the next school and then nobody, you think nobody likes you you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was like really cool. You know, um you just have to just keep getting up. <laughs> that was true to life. True to life. But um, you know, you just have to keep getting up and I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of those characters in the book that they um, you know, they may have had to take their time here and there, which everybody's allowed also, but as long as you do get back up. As long as you do, you may need to take a minute and try to swallow that big old ice cream ball. Because you're like been yourself to pieces for the moment, but good thank up.
2: <laughs> so that's the best verb I've ever heard. been yourself. I'm I've been myself. I need a moment. Bill, are you now that the book is out and you're? Uh, are you? What's do you know, or are you even thinking about what's next, or? Are you, or if you said, um, are you living today, living in the moment today, but, but are you, do you feel the bugs to keep writing? Um, no, I'm I'm really, I'm really,
1: um, they, I'm, I'm sort of like in place with this book right now. I mean, I've been asked so many times, are they going to go to college? You're going to give a follow-up? I'm like, <laughs> holy cow, like. I will be probably thinking that once it comes down, but I'm still very much on a high. People are sending me all these great selfies, and I'm putting them on my Instagram page of them holding the book because that's the first thing I did to show the, you know, introduce to the world that here's my new book, and I'm like holding it or whatever. I'm super happy. So I've asked people, and now it's just kind of spread on that people are doing it. So I've got teens and dads and moms, and some people are white and black and Asian all these different people holding this book, some of them are Kindle, some of them are, you know, iTunes on the, whatever. Um, And it's quite cool to see all these different color hands and, you know, colors of people and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I just am just celebrating this moment. I was asked to speak in Africa at the end of the month uh, to go to a, a conference for L'Oreal. And um, I'm really excited about that because, um, you know, it's a global situation and they, um thought that this book had global reach and um i'm honored that they you know chose it to be a part of the platform to talk about issues that are dealing with young women that are around the world and and luckily because i went to the school that i went to i do have friends from various places around the world and they have been sharing so i've been getting calls from people and you know lagos uh Nigeria, you know, how can I get a physical copy here? Or wow. I've been asked to be published in the UK. Can we wow. be an independent publisher for you? I'm like, whoa, you know, it's, just, it's it's beyond my neighborhood. And that is like, oh, you know, hand open my mouth, totally cupped, oh, totally like, this is crazy. So I'm well just humbled, deserved. With a capital H. Just humble.
2: Because you know, you're guys. so humble, it is so well deserved. I mean it. And we only have two minutes left. I can't believe this. So tell us. For everybody out there, the best way to get the book, what you want them to do with the selfies, like you were saying, what's the best way to get it out there?
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay. Amazon.com. You can go on. Well, obviously, don't think there's a brick and mortar, but Amazon, com, iTunes, Kindle. You can get it on Kindle. Um, you know, you can do any e-reader. And if you have a selfie, when you get the book, if you want to take it, when you send it to ride, some people send it. It came in the mail. They got the surprise face. Just. Send it to my um, Prashanda Lee at Prashanda Lee um, on Instagram, and I will happily post it and show everybody. It's great bugs. Uh, some people don't want to show their faces; they show their hands, or they show themselves on the beach, wherever they are. But just showing that they have it, it 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 makes me feel even more honored. And then, um, you know, talk about it, share it with friends. Holidays are coming up. Get it for your nieces, nephews, daughters. Have a big family conversation about it. Use the Christmas holiday to really talk about your favorite girl and let her open up and talk to you and just Mm -hmm. watch the spark fly. That's all I can ask for. Thank you guys so much.
2: And the book is We Come as Girls, We Leave as Women. And I can't think of any stronger, more inspirational, kinder, generous, more humble woman friend that I know than you. And I mean that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. I think this is a gift for all of us for all of us with girls, for all of us with friends and mothers and aunts and sisters and children. I think it's just, it's needed. It's, and it's here and you brought it to us. And thank you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for everything. And everyone out there, this will be on an iTunes podcast. It's more fun moments. iTunes podcast Hopefully by tomorrow. <laughs> if I get my act together, I'm going to get it out. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone, thank you
1: all so much.
2: Thank you, Elizabeth and Sima. My, incredibly great ho- my co-host and preston our producer um and everyone we'll see you next week good night everyone good night.
3: good night good night bye today's entertainment has been brought to you in part by galito's restaurant galito's specializes in portuguese cuisine in addition to these delicacies galito's offers pasta steaks Seafood and Chops. A full-service bar includes wines, beers, and spirits to complement your meal. Galito's offers casual ambiance at the bar or their dining room. Galito's also has a private banquet room for social events with a party package to accommodate your budget. Galito's also offers seasonal cafe seating. Galito's is located at 29 Elm Avenue in Mount Vernon, New York, conveniently located across from the Mount Vernon East Train Station. You can call Galito's at area code 914-668-0100. Once again, the number is area code 914-668-0100 for information on reservations. Or go to the website at www.galitosrestaurant.com. Enjoy your dining experience. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVET's members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVET's posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVET's by joining.